live from Bravery Studios in Clifton, New Jersey. It's the first episode of Game Face Sports Talk podcast. I'm your host, Face Brown. And like I said, for those who don't know me, uh, I made my first appearance or my debut on the Jerry Bishop show. Shout out to Jerry Bishop, the Don. And uh, he gave me my first uh, airtime. So that's when the world really got a chance to meet uh, the face man. And that's what they call me, the face. Because, you know, I, I am the face uh, of New York and New York sports. You just don't know it yet. But don't worry. Don't worry. After this episode and after a few other episodes, uh, you know. Uh, the one thing I, I'd like to do with this show, though, um, for those who are listening, um, we like to keep it real, you know. Um, you know, there's, there's no holding back. I call things the way I see them. I always have. Uh, I've been watching sports my whole life. Uh, football, professional football, uh, Major League Baseball, the NBA, uh, college football, college basketball, even the WNBA. I mean, uh, I love sports, man. And when you get a chance to get on the air and do something like this, something that you love, uh, it's, it's not even work, you know. It's, it's just, it's a blessing. So I just like to say I'm truly blessed to be on the air. And for those who are listening and watching on Facebook Live, and later uh, after we're done with the recording, uh, we'll be on YouTube, YouTube television. So tune into that, YouTube TV. Uh, but I want to begin, because the hour goes by real fast. Um, we're going to begin with the Patriots and, and Antonio Brown. And I know you've, you've heard a million stories about this. Everybody's covered it, ESPN and WFAN and CBS Sports. And, you know, um, I, I, I'll be real quick about this. It's basically like an episode or a series of Scared Straight. Now, for those who don't know what Scared Straight is, it, it, Scared Straight was, was an episode, was, was a series early in the 90s, mid-90s to the 2000s. Uh, I think it, it aired on MTV and uh, then on Bravo, channels like that. Uh, but basically, it's a program where you take juvenile delinquents, young kids, who can't be controlled by their parents. You know, oh, my kid, little Jimmy is out of control. He's 13, he's 12, he's 11, he's 15 or whatever. Uh, oh, Cindy, she, she runs the streets at night. She doesn't listen to me. She doesn't, you know, I can't control her. So if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, Scared Straight is a program designed to take these, these kids, these adolescents, who, who can't be disciplined by their parents, who are just all over the place, and they're sent to maybe drill sergeants, drill camps. Um, they're sent to uh, prisons. And they're giving a tour, like giving a tour of what might happen or, or what the near future might bring if they continue to be on the path that they're on. You know, and they see what it's like being in prison and not having your freedom and being incarcerated. And... So, and, and then they, you know, they do follow-ups or whatever. Uh, oh, this person's, you know, she came home. She started cleaning up her room. She does the dishes now. She stopped hanging out. 
uh, you know, Jimmy's doing his homework now. He's doing better in school, you know. And then some, some kids are just lost. They just go right back into that dark path. But the bottom line is they, they can't be controlled or disciplined by their parents. So they need a third party or a second party to come in, you know, and read them the riot act. Well, that's what it is with the New, New England Patriots right now in NFL. And it's not a good thing, folks. It's really not. It's not a good thing. As good as, as the Patriots are, okay, with all the great players that they've had, you know, Troy Brown, you know, they still have Tom Brady, you know, Adam Vinatieri, you know, who had a rough day yesterday, by the way, and we'll get into that a little later on. Uh, but it's with all the winning and, and the dominance of the New England Patriots, and it, it, it's not a good thing for the National Football League, for a player like Antonio Brown, who basically has no respect for the game or himself. I'm not going to pull any punches. The guy's a loser as far as I'm concerned. You have a, a gift, a God-sent gift, and you act like a jackass. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't feel sorry for Antonio Brown. I mean, the whole helmet thing, oh I, oh, I can't wear this helmet, so therefore I can't practice. Give me a break. Give me a freaking break. You got $30 million on the table. So, to keep this to the point, when Mike Tomlin and the Steelers were basically tired of him, couldn't take him anymore, little Jimmy, anymore, couldn't handle them, couldn't corral them, couldn't get their star player to act right. Uh, they were going to trade them. They did want to deal them. And the New England Patriots were right there. And of course, the Steelers were not going to help the Patriots. They can't stand the Patriots. The Patriots are their daddy. So why are they going to send their best player? They can't beat the Patriots as it is with Antonio Brown. Or when they had Le'Veon Bell. So why would they do this brat, grown brat, a favor and send him to the Patriots? Because that's where he really wanted to go. At least that's what the rumors are. That's, that's what's being talked about in the sports world. That he really wanted to be with the Patriots. So the Raiders step up and they say, oh, yeah, we, we can handle your child. We can handle him. We're the Raiders. You know. We can take care of him. We can. And, of course, a leopard doesn't change his spots. And so he goes there. He acts up, like I said, with the whole helmet thing. He gets fined by the GM. He gets into it with the GM out on the field in practice. And then they finally say, you know what? We had enough. So they find him again, instead of just suspending him. I don't, I don't know how that works, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, because you already find him twice. So, you know, the next logical step is to suspend him. And he goes on Instagram, says he's had enough because it's nobody's fault. It's, it's everybody else's fault, except for his, you know. So they release him, and not even 
eight hours, not, not even, you know, before I can get up, <laughs> get up, <laughs> go out, do my shopping, enjoy my weekend, my Saturday, and, you know, get ready for Saturday night because it is New York. You know, you got to do your thing, you know, work hard, play hard. But before I could even do that, the New England Patriots were right there. And it was rumored. It was rumored. And I didn't want to believe it. But the Patriots were right there. $15 million plus bonus and incentives. So now we got Antonio Brown. We've had Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, another problem child. Yeah, just send them all over to the Patriots. We'll take care of them. You can't control your players? Just bring them to New England. We'll take care of them, since you can't. We've had, oh, let's not forget, Randy Moss. <laughs> He's another one. Phenomenal player, Hall of Famer. Problem child. Cancer in the locker room. That's okay. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of them. We got a home for you here in New England. They go to the Super Bowl. Almost have an undefeated season. If it weren't for my, my Giants. And the Giants were, you know, a different organization back then. Um, of course, now it's, you know, a tragedy. And, and don't worry. Because they're going to get their licks later on in this show. I guarantee you that. But, you know, it's, it's you know. And, and, and let's not forget Gordon, by the way. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. And, and I understand Gordon had substance abuse problems. Uh, maybe he's not the cancer or disruptor. But still, the Cleveland Browns could not provide the support. Or it, it just wasn't available. They just, they just couldn't handle an all-pro talent. They just couldn't reel him in they couldn't make use of his talent well Tom Brady said that's okay you come over here we'll take care of you we'll support you because all we're about is winning you follow these rules and you'll be successful you don't you'll be out on the street and it is it is frustrating as a football fan to watch the Patriots just amass all this incredible talent because other teams in the National Football League are enablers. They cannot control their players. I don't know if it's just what's going on in today's world. We're more sensitive. You know, we're more politically correct. Players want to be, uh, you know, coaches, best buddies or coaches want to be, uh, you know, their players' best friends instead of giving them tough love. But this is not good for the league. It's not. You saw with the Patriots, if you're watching that game last night, which was an embarrassment for the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, and, you know, he's another one, as far as I'm concerned, he should be on the hot seat. 
because his last couple of years, he's done nothing. I mean, and his play calling and his decisions are just, I mean, they're, they're mind-boggling. But it, this is just not good. It, it's not good for the league. Because Gronkowski is gone, and you say, oh, and Tom is 40 or 41 or wherever he is. And you say, yeah, I can see it. I can see that downfall. I can see New England. And the rest of the league can take advantage of it. And before you could put that nail in the coffin, before you can start throwing that little dirt on Tom Brady, and push him into that grave. No. Here comes Antonio Brown. Arguably the best receiver in football. At the age of 31. Oh, we're bringing back Gordon. It's amazing. Simply amazing. They didn't even need Antonio Brown. Did it look like they needed Antonio Brown yesterday? To play against the Steelers? It's going to be interesting how this plays out, folks. Very interesting. But once again, it's, it's scared straight with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Basically, the enforcers or the, the caregivers and these NFL players like Antonio Brown and, and you know, Chad Johnson, they can't be controlled. They need discipline. And the only place you can get discipline and structure is in New England. And if that's the case, this league could be in very big trouble. It's already in trouble with these injuries. And that's another thing. (laughs) Because I didn't know if I was watching professional football or an episode of ER. At one o'clock yesterday. I mean, before I can get my chips, before I can get my drink, before I can sit down and <sighs> just relax and take it in, watching the Jets and the Bills, going back to the NFL network, just in my man place, you know, my man place. And I'm watching highlights and I'm going back and forth, checking on games. And all I see is dudes being pulled out on stretchers. Tyreek Hill. Kansas City and Jacksonville game. Collarbone injury. He'll be out for a few weeks. Out on the stretcher. A few minutes later. I'm watching the Rams. And the Panthers, Eric Waddle, he gets hit in the head by Christian McCaffrey, you know, a little knee, knee to the helmet, wasn't on purpose, it was an outstanding play by McCaffrey, outstanding run, who was so underrated, by the way, 200 total yards yesterday, rushed for over 100 I think he rushed for, what, 128 yards? I had like 82 or 80-something yards receiving. 
Very underrated. Very underrated. He's already one of my favorite players. Christian McCaffrey. But now, while he's out, out on the stretcher, he'll be further examined. Then we got Nick Foles going back <laughs> to the Kansas City and Jacksonville game. He throws a touchdown pass, and he goes down. Broken collarbone. So now they're saying, hey, maybe week 11. Now he's supposed to be scheduled to have surgery today. So, um, but that's a huge blow, a huge blow for Jacksonville. Huge blow. I mean, these, these injuries, I mean, they, they are a killer. And I understand it's a physical game. We know this. It's a gridiron sport. You got 300, 400 pound guys running into each other, running 10, 5, 15, 20 miles per hour, colliding, bodies. Uh. So there's bound to be injuries. But what's the point? What's the point on having preseason games and holding out, holding out all your starters or most of your starters and your star players and charging fans? Charging people money to see these games, which is a ripoff, by the way. And the NFL had a terrible, terrible preseason. I mean, I've never seen worse preseason games in my life. I had no interest whatsoever in preseason. Saquon Barkley, he's not playing. Le'Veon Bell, he's not playing. Tom Brady, he's not playing. I mean... And you're charging people? <laughs> I mean, doesn't the NFL make enough money? I mean, what greed? What freaking greed does the NFL have? I mean, they're making a mitt with this game. They are making a mitt, the NFL. They're printing money. They're printing money. Thanks to Roger Goodell. And his relationship with the owners. But they've got to do something about preseason. Either cut the games from four to two. There's a rumor about this 18, 18 and two format. 18 regular season games they want to add to. And you just have two preseason games. Players union is not going for it. There's so many injuries. And they've got to do something. I understand it's a physical game. You know, and we love it. That's why we love football. We love it. But if you're going to hold out and save your player in fear of him getting hurt in the preseason, oh, I don't want him going to get hurt. This is a preseason. These games don't count, blah, blah, blah. And then week one, as soon as he drops back <laughs> and hits the ground, he gets injured and he's out for maybe the whole season. What's the point? Things have really changed. I grew up watching football. There were always injuries. I saw Lawrence Taylor play at the end of his career and, and Reggie White, Jerry Rice. I seen guys go over the middle 
get popped, get stood up. Ronnie Lott, the great Ronnie Lott, Dennis Smith. You guys know who I'm talking about. That's back then when you could actually, you know, kiss a wide receiver. Just give him a kiss. He runs over the middle, just give him a little kiss. Put him on the ground. But we don't do that anymore. Safety is an issue, and it should be, and I'm all for that, for the record. I'm, I'm all for that. But we've got to do something with these injuries. It's killing the game. And you can't keep changing the rules trying to protect the quarterbacks. If you cough on the quarterback, it's roughing the passer. There was a call in the Jets game yesterday, the Jets and Bills game. And believe me, <laughs> that's not the only reason why the Jets lost that game. There's a million reasons why. We'll get into that. Which is, you know. But it, it's just they have to do something with these injuries. I mean, these guys are supposed to be bigger, faster, stronger. They're doing all this training. They have nutritionists cooking for them. This amount of protein, this amount. Of, and it'll help you and, and it'll give you more energy and it'll give you balance. And you'll be more coordinated and you'll have more strength and you'll be stronger and you'll have more endurance. And these athletes are dropping like flies, people. They are dropping like flies. And it ain't just football. It's all the sports, especially baseball. You can't even swing at a fastball no more without pulling your, your oblique. An injury that wasn't even, didn't even exist <laughs> 20 years ago. Are you kidding me? Uh, NFL's got to do something about that. It's, I mean, it's, there's nothing more horrific than watching a player leave on a cart in pain. It's part of the business, I understand, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just not good. It's not good. So we were talking about the Jets, Jets and the Giants, I mentioned. And uh, let's shift over there real quick because <laughs> uh, it's basically same old Jets. And now, lately, same old Giants. And we'll start with the Jets, who I actually picked. I went one and two this week, thanks to the Jets, the Jets in Tampa, who I both picked. Uh, I did get Seattle. Uh, so they did actually outlast the Bengals, and the Bengals actually played better than I thought they would on the road. Uh, but we'll begin with the Jets here locally because it just it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it is amazing to me how one franchise or some franchises can always do everything right. How they can always, no matter what moves they make, no matter who's the head coach, no matter who's the GM, no matter who's the quarterback, whether they move from a city 
leave Cleveland and go to Baltimore. Leave Oakland, go to L.A., come back. It doesn't matter how some teams can always be successful. How they can always give their fans a reason to smile, to feel proud, to root, to go to the game. It's amazing. And how other franchises just... I mean, you feel like boo-boo the fool for wearing the jersey. You really do. You feel like boo-boo the clown. It never ends. Decade after decade after decade. It never ends. Never ends. Never. It just never ends. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the coach is. With the Jets, there is a dark green cloud hanging over this franchise. After... Namath made that guarantee in Super Bowl three, And you see Joe, and he's running, and he has that classic, you know, that one. This franchise has been living and playing <laughs> under a green, dark cloud. It doesn't matter who the coach is. It could be Eric Mangini, the man genius. It could be a genius who comes in and has a press conference and says, oh, don't worry, we're going to change things. We're going to take you to the promised land. We're going to set a new order here. This is a brand new day for Jets fans and this organization, and I'm proud to wear the green. Does it matter if it's Herm Edwards? No nonsense. Love Herm Edwards, you know. Because with Herm Edwards, we play to win the game, Right? We play to win the game. Rex Ryan, eh, came close. Came close. Had two good years, his first two years. Came in here. I'm not going to kiss Belichick's rings. But then after those two years, first two seasons, eh, it's back to reality. Even Rex couldn't save us. And Todd Bowles, oh, the, the perfect gentleman. Great guy, smart guy. You know, this guy is going to be great. This guy is the real deal. Yeah. It never changes. Doesn't matter who the GM is, Mike Tannenbaum. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This team will break your heart. They will break your heart. They're like the little girl. It's like the little girl with the curl your mom always told you about. Be careful. Be careful because she'll break you. The gestures, that's just who they are. They just find a way. They have to find a way. Now you're up 16 to nothing. Heading to the fourth quarter. Okay. You haven't played the best game offensively. And the main reason why is because that offensive line was a joke. That offensive line was horrible yesterday. Sam Donald did not have any time, any time to get rid of the ball yesterday. And if it wasn't for his mobility and his toughness, he might have had a couple of turnovers. He didn't turn the ball over. He had one touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over. But the kid had no time to throw the ball. 
that offensive line was manhandled by the Buffalo Bills. And it was a disgrace. Now, you want to sit there and say, oh, okay, it's a makeshift offensive line. They haven't played together yet. You want to use that as an excuse? Okay, fine. We can do that. They haven't played. Oh, it, it takes time to... But Brian Winters, and if you're a Jets fan, you know who this guy is. Brian Winters has been there for what? Three, four seasons now? And it's the same nonsense. Holding. Flag on the play. You know it's Winters. You know they're going to call his number. Missed assignment. Missed block. You know they're going to call Brian Winters' number. False start. Yeah, yeah. Once again, that, that, that train is, is, is always on time. It's going to be Brian Winters. How this guy is still on this team is, is amazing to me in itself. But it wasn't just Brian Winters. It was the whole offensive line. They did not play well. They just did not. The kicking game. I won't even bring that up. I'm not even going to bring that up. This is a professional sports team. How the hell do you put a kicker? This guy you grabbed off the street and have him perform like that. Missing extra points, missing field goals, chip shots. But that's the Jets. J-E-T-S, that's the Jets. That's our Jets. And let's not forget about the defense who, who played very well, created four turnovers. You create four turnovers at home, and you don't turn the ball over yourself, and yet you still lose the game. After you were pitching a shutout going into the fourth quarter, you were up by more than two touchdowns. Only the Jets can lose that game. Only the Jets. Only the Jets can set my heart on fire. Only the Jets. Only the Jets. Oh, and, and let's not forget about uh, Marcus May, who can't hold on to an interception. Right in his hands, right smack in his hands. Would have stopped Buffalo from scoring their first points of the game. Would have kept that momentum that the Jets had. After Le'Veon Bell scores the touchdown. And Le'Veon Bell, I give him credit. And I was wrong. He was outstanding yesterday. Outstanding. Bell, Crowder, the new acquisitions, they were outstanding. Unfortunately, they're wearing that green uniform. <laughs> oh, boy. And then I got to hear Adam Gaze talking about, oh, well, there's room for improvement. For the quarterback, there's room for improvement. And I heard a lot of people when I was coming into the studio today, uh, uh, a lot of people on sports talk and outlets, you know, Sam Darnold did not play well. I thought Sam Darnold played okay. He wasn't great. But can you really blame this on the quarterback when he had no time to throw? I mean, that offensive line was a joke. They were not competitive. 
I mean, the Bills did anything they wanted. They were just lining seven, eight guys in the box. Where were the adjustments, Adam Gase? Mr. I want to be the GM. Mr. I have all the answers. Where were the adjustments? Where was the hot read? How many times do I have to see a damn pass get knocked down at the line of scrimmage? Because you're throwing right into the blitz. Because the offensive line can't put a body or a mitt on the pass rusher. Same old Jets. It doesn't matter. And it's about to get worse because this is the one game, at least on the schedule, in the early part of the season. Ah, uh, they're at home in Buffalo. Yeah, they should, they should win that. They should, you know. No disrespect to Buffalo and Josh Allen. But, I mean, next week, they play Cleveland, the Browns. And that's going to be a tough game. Because Buffalo, offensively, who are you scared of, really? Does anybody on Buffalo scare you offensively? Yes, they got a top five defense. Okay, we knew they had a good defense. They had a great pass defense. Okay, we'll give them credit for that. But offensively, once C.J. Mosley left that game, it was a completely different defense. Oh, and Greg Williams, by the way. Greg Williams, he's another one on my hit list. Greg Williams, that's all I heard. Oh, and once Greg Williams comes in and the blitz packages and his ability to create pressure and he'll give you so many looks and he'll give you so many reads and he'll be able to create this and he'll create that and he's going to give this defense an attitude. Really? Because when C.J. Mosley left after he pulled that groin, that team quit. That defense quit. It was a completely different defense. One man left. One man. It's not like C.J. Mosley been playing for the Jets for a decade or the last two seasons. He just joined the team. The minute he left the field, they were done. Where was the leadership? From the sidelines or on the field? Where was it? Buffalo just did anything they wanted to do. But once again, same old Jets. Same old Jets. And they're, gonna, and they're in trouble. The Jets are already in trouble. <laughs> they're in trouble. You've got Cleveland next week who's going to be itching to get a ring. They're going to be itching to get a win. They played horrible, and they were embarrassed yesterday by the Tennessee Titans. Cleveland, who has a, a big mark on their back, and it's, it's, you know, it's their fault. Nobody else's fault but their. But they're going to play a Cleveland team who's going to be desperate for a win. And if you look at Baker Mayfield, Compared to Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield is the, the much better quarterback. At least right now he is. 
And you look at the Weckhams, Landry, and our old friend ODB, Odell Beckham, the tight end, the running back, Chubb. Buffalo can't hold a candle to the Browns offensively. And if the Jets couldn't stop Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills without C.J. Mosley, who you believe probably will not be playing next week, how the hell are they going to stop the Browns? With those terrible cornerbacks, Tremaine Johnson, who's stealing money at corner. I don't like the, the prospects for next week, Jets fans. I really don't. I don't like it. And then after that, it's the Patriots. <laughs> the Jets are going to be 0-3 before you, before you wink your eye. The Jets are going to be 0-3. Uh, same old Jets. Is there a glimmer of hope? Yeah, well, I like Darno. I think he's tough. He can make all the throws. I know he missed Anderson in the first half. Robbie Anderson pulled away from his defender and was heading into the end zone. But once again, if you watch that play, watch that play, folks. If you ever get a chance, if you recorded the game, Donald was not able to step into that throw. Now, does he still have to make the throw? Yes, he has to make the play. But because he wasn't able to step into the throw, Robbie Anderson, instead of being led out front, away from the defender, the defender was allowed to make that last minute, uh, at that last minute, and knock it away. It all starts in the trenches. Defensive line, offensive line. Same old Jets. But they're not the only New York team that, uh, you know, embarrassed themselves yesterday. They're not the only one. And the thing is, I'm more disappointed in the Giants. I know the Cowboys are a good team. I know they're America's team, but let's be honest. They're overrated. They're a bunch of prima donnas. Jason Garrett couldn't lead a bunch of ants to a picnic, as far as I'm concerned. And as long as Jerry Jones runs that organization and wants to be the GM and wants to be the face and hovers over the team, they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. I've been saying this for years. Have they been back to the Super Bowl? Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I know they have better personnel than the Giants. I know right now they're a better team than the Giants. But if you're the Giants and if you're Pat Shermer, you don't go out on the field and help Jason Garrett, make it easier for Jason Garrett to embarrass your team on national television. That's how much check. That's not what a coach is supposed to do. So here are the Giants. 
right? They get the ball. Saquon Barkley, as far as I'm concerned, the best running back in football. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, he's good. He's a power runner. He can't hold a candle to Saquon Barkley. I put my life force on it. He cannot hold a candle. Do you see that boy? Do you see Saquon Barkley? That guy has another level. He has another speed. And he has the power. And he has the hands to catch out of the backfield. So after Saquon Barkley on his first carry fumbles the ball, okay, he didn't play all preseason, as I mentioned before. So he hasn't been hit. Dallas defender puts a good hit on him. Helmet to ball. It was a good, it was a good hit. It was a good play. He puts the ball on the ground. Giants jump on and recover. The very next play, this guy goes into another speed and breaks off the, was it a 58, 59-yard run? And the only reason why, the only reason why they caught him at the end of that play, they were able to run him down, was because he did not play this preseason. Because I guarantee you, if he had played this preseason, they wouldn't have caught him. You can see at the end he was kind of, you know, a little bit, you know, the bear kind of jumped on the back out of the woods from nowhere, you know. You could tell. But they were not going to catch him. A couple of plays later, Giants in the end zone. It's quiet. Jerry's world is quiet. There's no Jerry Jones. I don't see any, any pictures. I don't see the cameraman looking at Jerry. Where's Jerry? It's quiet. The house that Jerry built is quiet. Cowboys come back. They score, tie the game. Giants have no pass rush whatsoever. Giants haven't had a pass rush in years. Since JPP and, uh, and Tuck left, the Giants have not had a consistent pass rush. The Cowboys come back and tie the game. Now the Giants get the ball. They're moving it again. Saquon Barkley is just making these incredible runs, these incredible moves, stop, stutter. Two guys have him trapped. Two guys are right in front of him, have him dead center to put him on the ground. And he pivots, stops, jukes, does a spin. I mean, I mean, OJ would be proud. Yeah, I, I had to go there. Sorry, you know. But he would have been. <laughs> OJ, OJ would have been proud. Gail Sayers, I mean, just... I, when have you ever seen anything like this? The last time I've seen a quarterback move like that was the great Barry Sanders. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the greatest running back, one of the greatest running backs that ever lived. You want to say Jim Brown? Jim Brown and Barry Sanders, 1A one, one or 1B, that's fine. Then they hand it to him again. He gets nine yards, nine and a half. They have a third and one. They're moving the ball. They're near field goal range. One yard. One yard. And what do they do? They put the ball in the hands of a 39-year-old quarterback. 39, 40, however old Eli is. And they run him out in the flat. They flush him out. 
out in the flat against that speedy defense. You needed one yard. Saquon Barkley's damn near already got 100 yards. He's only touched the ball three or four times. He's got the Cowboy defense on a run. Third and one. And what do you do? You pass and try to throw the ball way downfield. You cannot make this up. Why the hell is the ball in the hands of a 40-year-old quarterback when you have a 22-year-old stud in Saquon Barkley that they can't stop? Why would you call that play? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. You did the Cowboys a favor. Then Eli gets trapped. He gets run down, and then he throws it, which was a, a silly play, the intentional grounding, and now everybody blames Eli. Oh, well, that was a – Eli Manish should know better. He's been in the league 16 years. And you're right. He should know better. But Eli Manning shouldn't have been put in that position. Saquon Barkley is there to help Eli Manning. That's why you drafted him number two overall last year. And he only gets 11 carries? Then why the hell did you draft him? You did the Cowboys a favor. And you see J Jason Garrett over there. Just clapping. Just. You did him a favor. He said, thank you. Thank you, Pat Schumer. Thank you. Woo. And I was doing that before Skip Bayless. I've been doing this for years. Back when Tony Romo was giving it up in big games. Mr. Overrated himself, Tony Romo. <laughs> who never played. <laughs> who stunk in every big game he ever played in his life. But because he's a Cowboy quarterback, he's the, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you know, uh, America's team. He's freaking Johnny Unitas. He can't make this up. And then they do it again. They do it again later in the game. Third quarter, they get the ball, they're marching it down the field. Get the kickoff. Okay, we're marching it down the field. We have a fourth and one. And what do you do? <laughs> oh, my God. You just, you can't make this up. You really can't. And everybody on Twitter was going crazy. Mike Green. Mike Francesa, even Mike Francesa is like, what are you doing? Give the ball to Saquon. Troy Aikman, well, the best player on the field. You have a third and one and fourth and one. You don't hand on the ball. You know, I guess that's what happens, right? You can't make this up. Pat Shermer, he's been a huge disappointment as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? He could go. He could go. And I blame John Mara. I blame John Mara for bringing in Gettleman and for them bringing in Sherp. He's clueless. He is completely clueless.
completely clueless. Same old Jets, same old Giants for the last four or five years. No pass rush whatsoever. Dak Prescott looked like freaking like Roger Starback. Yeah, I got to hear. I got to get the blow about Jerry Jones. Yes, Dak will get a, a contract extension after, you know, his performance. Nearly perfect QB rating. Yeah, well, with the Giants, when you have no pass rush and you have a day and a half to throw the football down the field, and when you have cornerbacks, young cornerbacks who are clueless, who were not prepared for this game, and that's on coaching. Yeah, well, that's what happened. So much for Baker. I'm going to try not to be so hard on him, but, you know, he's a young kid. His first game, he was lost out there. And they're playing musical cheers with all these defensive backs they drafted. It doesn't matter if it's Gettleman. doesn't matter if it's Jerry Reese. It doesn't matter who's the coach, Ben McAdoo. The Giants are obsessed with defensive backs. Defensive backs no longer make a huge impact on the game. It's about pressure. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, you've got something. Every time Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl, it's because it was pressure. They knocked him down in both giant Super Bowls. Even the Eagles, that last play, when he got sacked and stripped, pressure. It had nothing to do with the cornerbacks. But this damn organization, there is an obsession from Eli Apple to Baker to trade up and get Baker when you had two pass rushers right there in the first round that you could have took. You had two picks in the first round. Two picks. You had the number six pick, which they took Daniel Jones, which I did not agree with. I felt like they should have got a pass rusher and then took Daniel Jones with the, was it the 13th or 14th pick? Because you're not going to start him. So why are you picking him at number six? Completely incompetent. This organization has become completely incompetent, folks. Tell me I'm wrong. I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. Look up that number and call and tell me I'm wrong. If you're watching, you see that. Tell me I'm wrong. I want to hear from you. You can't make it up. But don't worry. The Cowboys have a tough schedule. Things will even out with them. The Giants, they play the Bills. Same Bills that embarrassed the Jets. I think the Giants have a better chance of beating the Bills next week. It's their home opener. The Bills have an advantage because they'll be back at MetLife Stadium again two straight weeks in a row. So lucky for them. But but I give the Giants a chance. The offensive line did play well. They played better. They gave Eli some time. Eli did not play bad, except for the one play, which he shouldn't have been in that position. And you know what Barkley can do. Ingram is really their only threat right now until Golden Tate comes back. And I knew that was going to hurt him in this game, not having that deep threat and that playmaker. And, that, and they hurt Eli. That did hurt. Not being able to stretch the field. 
But as far as I'm concerned, it's the coaching. The Giants are right now just as inept as the New York Jets. They're both inept. Go around the league real quick. Got about 10 or 9 minutes left. For those of you who hung in with me or tune in, uh, this is Face Brown. Host the Game Face here on Facebook Live. Thanks for tuning in. Call in. The number's on the screen. And, uh, look. What, what more do you want me to say about the Giants and the Jets? We could do this all day, man. I mean, just, I mean, you could turn it, you could watch ESPN, you can watch, it. it's the same thing. Every year, it's the same criticism. And the GMs, they fail to make adjustments, and it pisses me off. It pisses me off. Around the league real quick. As I mentioned before, um, so Pittsburgh gets blown out, embarrassed by the Patriots, 33 to <laughs> 33 to three. I, I mean, Mike Tomlin is is just I, I don't I don't understand. I just he's had probably the biggest fall off as a coach than it, than anybody. I mean, at one point when he first took that job, and they were going to Super Bowls, I mean, it was just you know. But lately, these last few years, man, they just they just stink. They do. They stink. I know they, they have a winning record, but it's not the same team. It's not the same Steelers. And when they get on the field with a team like New England, it's embarrassing. Bill goes out, and he, he goes out his way to embarrass them. And what did they rush for, 32 yards? Are you kidding me? 32 yards rushing. That was an embarrassment. Arizona and Detroit tied yesterday, 27-27. That was an interesting game because Arizona, now they're down 24-6 to and into the fourth quarter. Kyler Murray, the rookie, brings them back, and he actually had a chance to win the game in OT. But once again, we have another defender who can't hold on to the ball. So, But uh, good for the young kid, good for Kyler Murray, who got booed uh, by the crowd, by the Arizona crowd. So uh, I know that was tough, but... Uh, he showed some character there, leading his team back. So maybe he'll be all right. Um, the Seahawks outlasted the Bengals, twenty-one to twenty. He had the Forty ers over the Bucks, thirty-one to seventeen. And Winston once again is an enigma for me. You know, I actually picked them in that game, the Bucks, and three interceptions, and just careless with the football. And you know, it's just. Uh, Garoppolo had a ho 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 hum game, really. Eh. One pick, one touchdown. Eh, nothing to write home about. But they won the game. The Falcons, they embarrassed themselves at Minnesota. They're not the same offense after that Super Bowl loss, that horrific Super Bowl loss uh, to the Pats. They're just not the same offense. You know, Matt Ryan had a tough game, threw a couple of picks. The Eagles came back on the Redskins. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, my worst nightmare is a, a Giants fan, and you guys all know what, I, what I'm referring to, uh, is back. And, uh, hey, I mean, give Washington credit. Keenan threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, 
but it was basically all in the first inning. They went in, they made adjustments, and they poured it on Washington. So the Eagles win. Cowboys win in the division. Redskins and Giants already lose. The Titans shocked the Browns, and, and this was like the big story of the day, another big story. You know, um, so Baker Mayfield, three interceptions. He was sacked four times. And give Tennessee credit, they harassed him the whole game. They harassed him the whole game. And this is what I mean about pressure. If you can pressure the quarterback, if you can hit him, if you can rush him, if you can make him move his feet, if you can get his timing off, you got something defensively. It doesn't matter how many cornerbacks you have out there. The days of Deion Sanders and Daryl Green and Darrell Rivas, those days are gone. The rules don't allow that. They don't allow that anymore. You have to get pressure. And that was a wake-up call for the Cleveland Browns, who everybody wanted to, you know, crown. And you heard the defensive, uh, the, the defensive lineman, the, the player, I can't think of his name right now, for Tennessee, they had that game marked. He said, if you want to crown them, go ahead, but we know who they are. Give Tennessee credit. So let's see if Cleveland can rebound against the Jets, which shouldn't be too hard, I don't think. But, you know, any given Sunday. So Kansas City beat Jacksonville. Pat Mahomes, once again, is just amazing. The guy had almost 200, over 200 yards passing before he even got into the second quarter, before the second quarter was really – and he got hurt, hurt his ankle, and came back and finished him off. Jacksonville, of course, they lost their quarterback. Uh, so from what I'm reading, Foles will be out maybe the earliest till week 11, and that's a huge blow for Jacksonville. Uh, the other game's not much to talk about. Uh, Chargers beat the Colts. Adam Vinatieri missed a couple of figures. And maybe this is a sign that maybe this is the end because he definitely cost his team the game with that. Uh, you know, so it was an eventful week one. Uh, week two, I'm pretty sure everyone will be excited. Uh, we got some games tonight. You got the Raiders in Denver. You also got the Saints playing, so check those out later on tonight. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in. Uh, first show, very uh, little emotional, you can tell. <laughs> uh, I love this. I have a passion for this. But, um, you know, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week, same time. At 12 noon, have your game face on, because I will. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day.